Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If we can all show up as our most authentic version of ourselves and really love and accept that person and allow the world to truly see us. We will wake up every day feeling unbelievably seen. So what's the worst case scenario? You'd be seen and somebody out there on the internet judges you. I guarantee you that for one person that's judging you, there's a lot more out there that are going to be unbelievably grateful that they got the message that you had that day. But the growth that comes on the other side of that discomfort, when you can move through it, here's there with you the whole time. You go, you're afraid, you do the damn thing and you get to the other side and you can say, you did it. That's where the growth happens. When you force yourself to do the thing that you're afraid to do, you take away the power that fear has over you because you prove to fear that it is wrong. You prove to fear that it's a liar. What kind of life do you want to create? Who do you want to be seen as? How do you want to be seen as? When you love yourself as much as you care what other people think, you will change your life. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. It can be really difficult to put yourself out there into the world. We have a lot of fears that come up in the way, people pleasing, the judgment of others, what we think of ourselves, perfectionism, procrastination. Why would anybody even listen to me? What is what I have to say even important? There is so much baggage holding you down, holding you back from expressing what is in your heart and getting it out into the world. Now, I know Touchwood again and again from the Inspired Evolution when I get out of my own way, nothing short of miracles <laughs> actually happens. Touchwood, look at this. I get to connect with someone as incredible as you tuning into this episode right now. So this entire conversation is designed around learning to be seen, how to get out of our own way that so that we can ultimately be seen. Jen is an incredible branding specialist, storyteller, and her own journey of having gone from someone who just authentically expressed herself so fully as a child and eventually became an actress and was just trying to consistently fit into molds and was off brand again and again and again. Well, on brand, but not on brand with her authentic spirit, her soul, until she finally realized that that was going to be the key to her success and how to actually leverage what is the true gen, what is the most passionate, purest essence of her. And when she started putting that into the world, she became the successful version, the fulfilled version of who she is now. And she helps countless others do the same, helps them be seen, 
be visible in the world and help them actually achieve their dreams. If you have a message in your heart that you are waiting, waiting, or even the message is suffocating within you and you've been passionately waiting to try and get it out into the world, or potentially you've started putting your feet into the world and sharing it online, your message that's in your heart, or potentially you've spent ages putting yourself out there in the world and you're potentially not getting the traction that you're hoping with your message, this is going to be a very powerful conversation with you. Dare I say, even if you've been putting content online for a while, even so, you might get a lot out of this conversation. I know I did. I learned a lot from Jen. This is a really powerful conversation enabling you to be seen, to share yourself, your authentic self, your spiritual self, your soul completely with the world on point, on brand, so you can make a massive, massive, huge, powerful, positive impact. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, Jen Gottlieb. Jen, how are you there, Sister Ben? I'm fantastic. You are my type of energy. Let's go. I'm so excited to be here. So grateful that you stayed up very, very late for me today. I actually popped up first thing in this morning and I get to be blessed by your presence. As you can imagine, it's going to be a great day for me. Thank you so much for doing this with us here today, Jen. I'm conscious those, some of you tuning in, might be tuning into Jen for the very first time. So give me two secs because uh, I'm surprised that it is your first time because her whole thing is about being seen. She's a powerhouse entrepreneur, author of the book, Be Seen. We're going to dive into that further today. She's the host of I Dare You podcast. That's a call to courage, I think. And she's the co-founder of the award-winning Superconnector Media. Jen, there's a lot that you're doing in the world helping people to be seen. Can I find out what is your mission in life? How would you articulate your mission? Mm. My, I mean, I have so many missions. <laughs> when people ask like, what is your one mission? I'm like, that, that might get people a little bit stuck because we all have, I, I believe that our mission is always ever changing. And I have very uh, many missions and purposes and passions that I'm going to have throughout my life. But I mean, overall, I really want, Whenever I walk into a room, I want to make that person feel seen and maybe see something in themselves that they didn't see before. And I think that if we can all show up as our most authentic version of ourselves and really love and accept that person and allow the world to truly see us, we will wake up every day feeling unbelievably seen and be able to see people in our life better. So yes, I teach business owners and people that are trying to build brands, how to build profitable brands and how to be seen in that logistical, tactical way, right? How to build, how to build an audience and how to grow online so that they can really make an impact in a bigger way. But it really all starts with seeing yourself for who you truly are. And that's unbelievably important to me. So that's definitely one of my missions here on this planet. Won't be the first, won't be the last. Key thing in there, I do wonder when I hear your story, Jen, like, there's this massive mission of helping everyone be seen. I do wonder, like, if I rewind back into little Jen, like Jen, less than seven, like, what was her story? Was she always destined to be this person that's carrying the medicine of helping people um, just come out of their shells and actually step out and be noticed from the tribe? Yeah. Do you look back at that little Jen and what her medicine was? Yeah. Little Jen was very tapped into this. She lost her way uh, when she got into teenage Jen. Uh, and young adult Jen, but little Jen was how I feel many of us are when we're little. I was completely unapologetic to who I was, and I wanted to be seen. Uh, I was, there's hours and hours and hours of video of me just dancing and singing on every table. I was a performer. I was a child actor. I just wanted to spend hours in my living room with my dad, him videoing me, and me just singing and dancing all around the living room, being so seen. I didn't care if my hair was a mess and my belly was hanging out, and I I looked silly and I was singing totally off key. I wanted to be seen. I was the biggest ham ever. And I was truly, I, I talk about this in the book a lot. This was when I was real Jen. This, this was like the core of who I was. And I, I do believe that when we're little kids, we have that fire. We have that unapologeticness where we are, are just our truest version of ourselves, where we're just really all just love. And we just want to do what we love to do. And we don't care if we wear our superhero costumes or our princess outfits to the, to, to the grocery store. We don't care if we run around naked and what people think of what we look like. We don't care if people judge us. We're just like, you know, this is who I am. Hug me, love me. I'll cry and scream. I don't care. And, and, and along the way, the world comes in and conditions us to be different. 
and tells us, no, you shouldn't be seen that way. You, you, you shouldn't stand out that way. You should be more this way. And we slowly but surely start to put these filters over ourselves to be the way that other people think that we should be or to be the way that we think that we need to be in order to gain love or to be acknowledged or to be included. And that definitely happened to me and I definitely lost my way. But whenever I tap back into little Jen, or I like to call her real Jen, she was, she was being seen and, and she did not care what anybody thought. I love that. What's reminding me? I've got a my son's two and a week. Um, actually Aww. today. So, <laughs> so and we we he's, he started walking. We'll be walking through um like a shopping center, and there'll be like music cranking out of a store, and we'll just be walking along. And it's like it's like a really cool store. Yeah, like baseball hats, bomber jackets, like the kind of store where anyway. So he's walking past, and then he'll hear the music, and he'll just stop, and he'll just start dancing. <laughs> Cause it's just like, he's just, he's just in it. And then I'm looking at myself and I'm like, okay, there's totally like a version of me. That's the adult. That's like, oh, come on, let's look, come on, let's go. Like, let's stop that. You know? And then there's the version of me that's like, you know what? That's my son. And I'm a dance with you. <laughs> you know? So now we're both standing there outside of this like store, which is super cool. And I'm being super nerdy, but like super in love with my son, just dancing away. And it's actually just those like, yeah, you, we do. That's why I asked the question. There's just so much. Um, it seems like it's a period of time when you're younger without um, a whole bunch of stuff that falls in. So I guess that's going to be my question for the audience tuning in on their behalf and also sort of leveraging your story to sort of ask the question, little Jen is pure Jen. What happens to us along the way? What happened to you along the way through your yeah teenage adolescence? Like what happens that you think sort of shuts us down from wanting to be seen? Well, everybody's journey is different. So I couldn't tell the listener right now what their journey was, but I can absolutely share what mine was. And maybe, the, you know, you'll, you'll resonate. Maybe you won't. Maybe your version is a hell of a lot different. But um, I'm just here to share my truth. And, and I do, whenever I share the story, I always get a lot of hand raises. Oh, my gosh, mine was kind of that way. And, you know, so I think that it's always so powerful for us to share our stories because everybody can relate in some sort of way. And, um, I, you know, I had a, a really, I was very blessed. I have amazing parents. I had a great childhood and around my uh, middle school years, my dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and then my parents got divorced. And so this really loving family unit that I had collapsed very quickly. And I, I think I went and I talk about this whole story in the book and I, I haven't really talked about it publicly other than writing in the book. And so now I'm sharing it, you know, on, on podcasts like these in order just to help other people not feel alone in this, if they're also experiencing it. But I started to look for attention in all the wrong ways because I was so used to getting so much attention from my family and everything being happy and perfect and every, all the attention on me singing and dancing in the living room. And then all of a sudden there, there was a lot more going on that was way bigger. And, and my parents were doing the best that they could, but they were also struggling in their own world. And I was like, where, I, I, I need to feel accepted. I need to feel love. Where am I going to get this attention? And I was a teenager. And so I started to go in the direction of trying to be friends with all the cool kids in school. And where, how can I fit in here? How can I be less Jen and more like these kids? And so very, it was a really slow process where um, I just started acting more like how I thought I should act or how I needed to act in order to be cool, in order to fit in. So I started wearing lots of makeup and I started changing the way that I dressed and I stopped singing and dancing and I, I stopped doing karate. I stopped doing the things that I love to do because they weren't cool. And that spiraled into wanting to look a certain way. And then an eating disorder formed. And uh, I, I, I really spiraled down to the, what can I control here? Oh, I can control the way that I look. I can control being skinny. I can control being part of the cool kids group. And all of my energy went towards that. And, and I woke up one day and like real Jen was so far from where I really was. I, I was just like completely disconnected and I lost myself. And um, that was a really, really difficult time uh, for me. And my eating disorder and my issues with food and body image consistently continued into my young adulthood because I pursued an acting career. And in the entertainment industry, that is very much what you look like. Do you fit the role? Um, are you skinny enough? Are you pretty enough? Are you blonde enough? Are you tall enough? Are you, are you good enough? Are, do you All look the right way? In, isn't it? Yeah, it's, do you All fit the it. type? Yeah, That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, and instead of, instead of uh, what I 
what I wish I, what I could have told my younger self now is Jenny, all of those things that make you different and unique, those are the things that are going to make you successful later on in life. But I think often we, we get so obsessed with trying to be seen in the way that uh, we think other people need to see us in order to be successful. And that's often the road that is going to attract all the wrong things because you attract what you are. You attract what you are. So if you're being inauthentic, you're going to attract all the wrong opportunities, all the inauthenticity into your life. And that's exactly what happened for, for quite a while. I mean, there were a lot of amazing things that happened along the way too. I don't want to say that it was all terrible, but this was what I struggled with in a big way. Jen, can you tell us about the um, metal Jen, metal head Jen and the shirt that yeah. she picked up and then, she, and then she was trying to be, and then she ended up becoming, you got picked for something. Anyway, you tell the story. Oh, I don't even I will. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I dropped out of college when I was 20 and I moved to New York city to pursue my dream of being an actress. I wanted to be a musical theater actress. I wanted to be on Broadway. I, I was singing and dancing, like I told you, since, since I could move. And uh, I went to school for musical theater, and then I immediately got a role in my my dream show, my dream role in the show The Wedding Singer, the Adam Sandler movie, The Wedding Singer. So they turned into a musical, and I, I played my dream role, which was Linda and The Wedding Singer, and I did that for a year. And when I came back, uh, I, I was an actress looking for a job, and I was auditioning and you know doing the whole thing where you walk into 10 rooms a day, and you get heard no, and you just try to fit into the box of what they need you to fit into which is, that's the life of acting. And, and, I, and I was like, cool, this is what I signed up for. I love what I do. I love performing and I'm going to keep auditioning until I get something. And I got a role on a TV show on VH1. So the sister company to MTV. And it was all about heavy metal music. It's called That Metal Show. And it, it wasn't like I was playing a part. They needed the girl to be like the quote unquote Vanna White. So, you know, like the Vanna White of... Um, Oh, what is it called? Wheel of Fortune. Like, like the, the, the token chick on the show. And it's, it's a live studio audience and it's a talk show. And they would interview some of the biggest rock stars in the entire world. And they needed like the hot chick. So I auditioned and I got this part. I got the part because I dressed up like a metal girl. I acted like a metal girl. In the book, I share a story of how I ironically, like I, I sang a Britney Spears song and I imitated Britney Spears and that's actually how I got the job. But they, they, they looked at me and they were like, she could fit this mold. And so I started playing a version of myself that couldn't have been further from who I was because I didn't like heavy metal music. I, I, I didn't know anything about heavy metal music, but I got this gig and I was like, okay. And I started getting a fan base and I started, uh, we were doing season after season. And it was very lucrative and it was a great job and I loved it, but I was playing a version of myself that couldn't have been further from real Jen. Like every season that went on, I was like, wearing these band t-shirts. I didn't even know who the band was. And, and all of these people thought that I was something that I wasn't. And I was basically having this internal battle with myself after like the sixth season that I did, like, Jen, who are you anymore? Who are you? Like, I was, again, you attract what you are. So I had this big audience of all of these people that thought I loved heavy metal. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know anything about heavy metal. And, and I just, I kept, you know, when you have that voice inside of you, that's like, there's so much more for you. This isn't it. But I was trapped in this thing that was good, quote unquote good. Like I'm getting paid. I have a job. I, I was being- got somewhat of an identity around it too, right? Like is there's like a- A hundred percent. Totally my identity. Yeah. And, and I was out of alignment. Let's be real. Like completely, you want to talk about being in alignment with who you are and what you're doing? I was out of alignment. And I truly believe that when you're out of alignment and you can't get yourself back in, I, I was stuck. I could not figure out how to get myself back in. I, I, I didn't know what to do. I was trapped. I wasn't going to leave the job. A at the time, I was also in a very toxic relationship and uh, my eating disorder was very severe and I was having this internal battle. So I was slipping into a really dark depression. And I, I truly believe that the universe stepped in because I couldn't do it myself and, and smacked me back into alignment in a really rough way, in the way of everything kind of exploded. Like I lost the show, the show got canceled. The guy that I was with left me for our friend. So I was living with him, thought I was going to marry him, thought this whole life was going to be us. He's like, peace. And uh, I found myself living in this little tiny room um, on the Upper East Side of New York with six other actors with a window that faced a, faced a brick wall with no show anymore, no relationship anymore. I didn't know who the hell I was anymore. I'd spent the majority of my money and I had to start over. And I love the quote, sometimes shit happens so the shift can happen. Because at that time, 
I had no idea why this was happening to me. And it was one of the darkest moments of my life. But now that I tell the story to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense. Of course, that needed to happen. I don't know where I would be if that breakdown to breakthrough didn't happen. That was what made me have to actually start being seen as real Jen and figure out who she was. I find that really profound because again and again, when I interview people on the Inspired Evolution, I find there is this theme. Everybody asks me, what's the biggest thing you've learned on the podcast? And it's like that our biggest challenge actually is our biggest gift. Like those dark moments, those silver linings are thickest silver linings. Like, you know, for me, career misalignment is actually what births this podcast and everything that it puts out into the world, right? Like it's like inspired to evolve, to live life on my own terms, right? Um, and hearing you talk about just how heavy that dark corner was, you know, your partner leaving you, your whole identity, your work, everything basically crumbling around you. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the perfect place to discuss a, you've got a four-step formula which you run us through in BCing to sort of step out of where we are and actually allow ourselves to be seen more and more and more. Um, again, sort of leveraging your own story, but yeah, can you run us through potentially high level what those four steps are? Um, and then maybe we can start with, yeah, just what courage looked like from this dark place where you were. <laughs> Yeah. So there's four parts of the book. And I knew that I could not write a book about visibility and building a brand if I didn't talk about courage. And the first part of the book is be courageous. Um, and I'll run through the four steps and then we can break them all down, however you want to break them down. But uh, be courageous is the first step. And then once you have learned how to talk to fear, not be fearless, because I don't believe that we ever become fearless, but we can learn how to do things with fear there anyway and be more courageous. Uh, then we, we move into being creative. And in order to be seen, and this is just from my experience, from what I've learned along the way, and this, this book is really just a whole bunch of stories and what I learned from those stories in my life in those moments, is I started to create who I really wanted to be seen as, like the ideal version of Jen, like Jen 2.0. She's a mixture of real Jen and the Jen that I want to be and the gifts that I want to give to the world and, and the, the stuff that I feel the most in the pocket doing. So what kind of a life do you want to create? Who do you want to be seen as? How do you want to be seen as? So the second part is all about creating that reality for yourself, Ta tapping into the law of attraction, but most importantly, tapping into the most important part, which is what I like to call the law of action and taking action courageously to build the life that you want. And then the third part is all about being connected. So really creating that tribe of people around you that support you and lift you up and, and knowing when to say no, when to say yes. Uh, in knowing when, when a relationship needs to sunset and when it's time to open up space for new ones. And I really, truly believe my company is called Super Connector Media. And um, my whole life changed when I decided to really tap into connection. I made my word of the year connection in 2017. And that was the year that I met my husband and business partner, Chris. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So connections, everything for me, relationships are the key. And then the last part is called be visible. So the last part of the book is when you can finally take all the, those three parts, connect the dots and start to tell your story and create an audience and and be visible because at the end of the day, if you have a story that can help people or a service or a product, it's your responsibility to be seen so that you can help those people that need you. So 
we can dive into whichever part you want first. Well, yeah, I want to go, I want to just take off exactly where you left off and use it to, even though it was about being visible, to dive into actually the courage that it takes. Because oftentimes through even my coaching, I find people are, they can feel that they're here for more. They can feel the message in my heart. I look back even long before I had the inspired evolution. The message in my heart was that our purpose is our health and our health is our purpose. And I could just feel it. Just that was the message. It was like inscribed on the inside of my heart. And I was like, I just, I know this, you know, but there was no, there was so much worthiness in the way, uh, worthiness, worthiness stuff in the way, unworthiness in the way. And just like, who am I? And there are people that are doing it better. And, you know, if I like, if I'm going to start, like, why would I even start? Like, how would I even start? There was so much in the way. And I love how you distilled actually, um, courage because the the difference between courage and fearlessness because I remember that the first time I shared this actually quite a bit that I made a shift in my life was I had this moment Jen where I was just sitting at work on a construction site and I've shared this story many times so I'll keep it succinct this time but I'm sitting on a construction site and for you just to play along like which one doesn't fit in with the others right so there's a guy like we're all wearing hard hat high vis like steel cap boots right and you know protection wear and there's a guy eating a sausage roll and a pasty and there's a guy eating a sandwich there's a guy you know and then there's me eating an acai bowl and then then there's like another sandwich and it's like which one doesn't fit in with the others right anyway so the writing was potentially always on the wall but I remember this moment very clearly in my acai bowl because I pulled out my phone and I just googled the word courage and I still for the life of me, you know, you talked about the universe. I still for the life of me cannot tell you what prompted me in that moment to do that. It was yeah. for me a moment of divine intervention. And I'm reading the definition of courage and I'm having this like full on epiphany because I'm realizing, oh, my whole life up until 30, I actually thought courage and fearlessness were the same thing. And here I am reading the definition of courage and it's telling me that Oh, courage is not not having fear. Courage is absolutely having fear and taking steps into the face of that fear to the point where it's like courage, like fear is actually a prerequisite for courage. That blew my mind. Can you tell us about courage? Like you invite us into deeper levels of courage. You mention it just like lengthily in the book. Um, Yeah, tell us about courage. When I was sitting there facing that brick wall, not knowing who I was with no job and, and nowhere to go and not even knowing what the next step was. Mm. I was unbelievably petrified, like petrified, like fear into the, the, the bottom of my bones. But here's the crazy thing is that I, I was able to move through that fear. I was able to start taking action, even though I felt that fear. And I was able to start doing really, really, really scary things. And I believe that that's courage, but I I still feel that fear sometimes in other ways, shapes. Mm. Now it's a different level. It's a different level. I'm doing different things in my life. But that feeling that I felt at that moment, I still feel it sometimes. So when people tell me like, this fear get, goes away, right? Like when you become really successful and you're not scared anymore. I'm like, no, 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 no. I still feel that fear often. In fact, a lot. Uh, and it gets bad sometimes. Here's, here's with courage. Courage and confidence comes from consistently sticking with commitments you make with yourself over time, doing it again and again and creating proof for yourself that you're the type of person that can move through that fear. So that experience that I had when I was facing that brick wall and every other experience from that time until now that I've had to take action and take care of myself, even though I was feeling unbelievably debilitated by this fear, but I was able to move through and get to the other side those were all coins I was putting in my confidence bank. Those were all making me more courageous. It's like going to the gym and working out your muscles. Courage is built over time. Courage is built from consistently, consistently and constantly doing difficult things and moving through those difficult things. And you're, you're creating like those scars over the wounds. And the more scars you have, like the more you're like, I can do this. And that, that's what builds courage. So now when something really scary comes my way, I hesitate less. I walk towards it faster and I'm reminded. And I know I have this tattoo on my wrist. that says time. I put that on my wrist to remind me that time never stops and discomfort is always only temporary. But the growth that comes on the other side of that discomfort, when you can move through it and you can do the thing with fear there in the passenger seat, fear's there with you the whole time you go, you're afraid, you do the damn thing and you get to the other side and you can say, I did it. That's where the growth happens. 
but you got to get to that moment. You got to get to that. But if you can remind yourself that that discomfort's only going to be temporary, can you just get to the other side of that where you can experience that growth? That's what makes a courageous person. I love how you're describing the little steps and how they all make the massive shift. In your book, you guide us through each of the six different fears that are in there for someone wanting to be seen, from FOMO to comparisonitis, analysis, paralysis, perfectionism, imposture syndrome, and the disease to please, which I... <laughs> disease to please. But one of the things that was present for me, because I did an interview with um, Dr. Corey Wilkes, psych, he was on last week, and we were discussing fears a little bit there as well. And the interesting thing that we couldn't get over, and I'd just love to sort of remark on, especially here in this conversation with you as well, is our fears so feel like they're fucking in the way, right? Um, but then also there's this really interesting thing that it shows up, like your fears show up more the more you care about something actually. Like if you didn't care about it, like you don't really have many fears around it. Like I could just do a nine to five and just show up and punch in and punch out and quality of work could be just whatever because I don't, it's not my thing really. But the minute you put yourself in it like, oh, this is me and authentic and like real gen, as you said, shows up, it's like, like the fear steps in right a hundred percent i do it every day so here's and i I love to give actionable stuff i'm going to give you an example so i used to be petrified to go live on social media and i'm an actress i i was on camera for a living i performed in front of thousands of people all over the country as a character not as me i got to wear a, a whole costume and be somebody that i wasn't and i got to hide jen i could perform all day every day it's my favorite thing in the entire world And I've got so much experience speaking to camera. And when I had to go live on social media as me for the first time, I sat there for like an hour debating if I was going to press that button. I was petrified, petrified. I I was never that nervous ever in my life, but it was because I cared. Like you said, it was me. I was showing me to the world. I didn't know what to say. Like, were they going to like me? Like, there was just so much that went into it. All of the symptoms of fear that you talked about, imposter syndrome, right? Analysis paralysis. What should I say? What should I talk about? Right? Uh, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Disease to please? Like, oh, if if I do this, is that going to make people in my family feel weird or uncomfortable? Right? Like, I want to make everybody feel happy, so maybe I should just hide all of the noise. Here's what happened. I forced myself to do it, and this is and this is what I want everybody thinking of right now. Like the thing that you're afraid to do. When you force yourself to do the thing that you're afraid to do, you take away the power that fear has over you because you prove to fear that it is wrong. You prove to fear that it's a liar because I did that live and yeah, it was not that good. It wasn't that good. It was pretty bad actually. And that's okay though, because I did it and I ended and I didn't die. I was okay. Nothing bad happened. I made it through. And you want to know something? After I did it once, I felt proud of myself. I celebrated that. There's the confidence continuum in the book. And it it talks about how this continuum works. So you take action, even though you're scared. You take action with fear in the passenger seat. You talk to fear. You say, fear, shut up. We're going to do this together. You're coming with me. We're going to go live. I press the button. I do it. It's scary. It sucks. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. I get to the other side. I'm like, I did that. Okay. I get a win. You get that little win. And motivation isn't created by some random motivational fairy that comes and taps you on the head and says, okay, you're motivated. Motivation comes from winning, from, from getting that dopamine hit, from doing the thing you're afraid to do. So all of a sudden I was like, I did that. Okay, I think I could do it again. So then the next day I did it with a lot less fear, a little bit more courage. The fear wasn't gone, but I did it with more courage. So then I pressed go live and I was a little bit better. And then I got another win and that win was a little bigger than the first win. That win was like a couple people showed up and they liked it and they DM'd me and they said, I loved that live. Thank you for doing that. Whoa. That was a big win. That made me feel really motivated. So then the next day, I had even more courage. And I pressed it again, even more courageously, because I knew there were people watching me, and they were getting value, and I didn't die, and nothing bad happened. And I went live. And here's what happens once you've hit that moment where you've gotten the big win, and you've gotten the courage, and you do it again, and you've got the motivation. And then all of a sudden, you create this juicy, beautiful thing called momentum. And once you've got momentum... The fear is like, it it goes from being this really, really loud voice to being like in the trunk of the car. It's in the trunk. You can barely hear it. It's like, and you're just like, I'm going. And you want to know something? Now I go live on social media every morning and I put my makeup on 
I get ready with everybody and I answer questions every single day. And am I afraid to do it now? No, I'm not. I'm unbelievably courageous because I've done it so many times. I've stuck to that commitment so many times that I've built up that momentum. I've built up that confidence and I've built up that courage. And that's how it works. It, it actually is kind of like very scientific. When you do the thing you're afraid to do, it removes the uncertainty of what might happen as a result. And it starts with just the smallest step and giving yourself permission to go there. And I think oftentimes I find, especially as a coach, people are waiting for someone to give them permission though. Have you mm. noticed that with BC? Like oh, people yeah. are just like, where's my permission slip? And it's like, I'm so sorry, bro. <laughs> no one's coming to hand it to you. <laughs> like you're going to have to hand you your own permission slip. Um, and it can be confronting. Oh my gosh. Yes. And there's so much noise that comes with putting yourself out there. It's what will people think of me? Here's the thing that I think about. Uh, I had a mentor say this to me once, and I always think about this. He said to me, when you love yourself as much as you care what other people think, you will change your life. And that really hit me because I often think about the end of my life, right? We get this, we get this ride one time. We have these gifts that we've been given. And we know our gifts. I know my gifts. You know your gifts. You know them. They're, and I feel your gift. Like, you know them. You've got these gifts. And you know in your heart, if you're listening to this right now, you're the type of person that listens to a podcast like this, you know. You feel them. And you feel that you need to give them to the world. But there's all this stuff that clouds you from being able to show up. And usually that stuff comes from fear of what other people will think of you. Because if no one could see you do all the stuff, if no one could see you fail, if no one could see you try and mess up, or if no, if nobody, if no one could see you and get affected by it or um, judge you and you could just go and give your gifts and none of that stuff existed, you would do it. But you're not giving yourself permission because you're spending so much time worried about other people judging you when the cool thing is, is that nobody's judging you. Everyone's just activated about what's going on within themselves. And so I don't want to end up old and on my deathbed saying, I had these gifts and I wasted them and I didn't showcase them to the world because I was so worried about other people and what other people would say about me and what other people would think about me, those people that don't even necessarily really matter and those people that are probably don't even care at all and they're just worried about themselves and they're not thinking about me, but I have this thing that they are and I, I let that get in my way and I let that hold me back. And now here I am and I didn't use my gifts and I didn't showcase them to the world. That's like my biggest fear. Appreciate you sharing that. And there's a whole piece in there between who's in your corner and who's not in your corner. And I think we'll get to that in the connection piece. So bear with me, audience and tribe. It, it is the natural segue to discuss, but I there's a bit of a method to my madness. <laughs> We've gone from courageous. Um, and I think just before we dive into being creative, and maybe it's a perfect little segue, um, how does it feel when you go like, yeah, I think there's an opportunity because you're on, you're an, you're an actress, you're on TV all the time, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff, you're allowing yourself to be seen, but you haven't allowed real gen to be seen. And now that you're showing up with courage, going live every day, describe, can you describe just a little bit of the essence of the feeling that you're feeling just to inspire um, those of us listening into potentially what it feels like when you show up? Real yeah. Oh, it's, it's the littlest things. And I'm, I'm not going to share a big extraordinary story. I'm going to share something that happened yesterday. Like this is just when you share your truth and when you're really living in the truth of who you are, the little magical moments that can happen. So I was at the gym of my hotel. I was speaking at an event this weekend in Cabo and I went to the gym at, before I got on the plane at like six o'clock in the mornings. I, I like to work out before I get on an airplane if I'm going to be on an airplane for a long time. So I get my butt up and I go to the gym at this resort. And there's this lovely lady working out next to me at six o'clock in the morning. And she jokes to me and she says, she's like, you know, we're dedicated when we're working out on vacation. Basically like saying what, what the status quo would be when you're on vacation. You're not supposed to work out when you're on vacation, right? Like you're supposed to hate Mondays. You're supposed to be like, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. You're supposed to. What, what's socially accepted and what people like to do is they like to complain about things like that. Like, oh, I shouldn't go to the gym. But I could tell that this lady liked working out. I could tell she was excited and happy to be there. 
because she was there at six in the morning. And so I think she thought that what I was going to say and what I would have said in my past is to just like connect with her and say what I think she wanted me to hear was like, yep, I hate to work out too, but you got to do it. We're dedicated. Let's go, you know, and, and really acknowledge that. I think she was very surprised when I said to her, oh my God, working out's my favorite thing to do on vacation. It's the only thing that I like to do. That's so real, Jen. I, when I go on vacation, I love to work out. It's my favorite thing. I can spend the whole day at the gym. It's like the only thing that I do. Now, that is the opposite from what I think she wanted to hear. She wanted to connect with me, but here's the magical thing that happened because I shared my truth and I allowed myself to be so real, Jen. I love working out. Like, I love Mondays. I like, I may be crazy and you may absolutely not agree. However, you never know who you're going to help give permission to feel their truth and live in their truth when you speak yours. So because I said that, this is the dumbest, littlest story ever, but it's such a great example. Because I said that, all of a sudden, she started working out harder with a big smile on her face and owning the fact that she loved being there too. I guarantee you, her her husband or her family was probably like, you're going to go to the gym, mom, really? You know, and giving her a hard time. And she got there and she's like, okay, you know, like, I'm not supposed to be working out on vacation. But because I was like, girl, this is so fun. Like, I love this. I gave her permission to love it too, because she did. And we shared that moment. And I don't think if I was just like, yep, you're right. And like went down the negativity rabbit hole with her, even though that wasn't my truth, I took away that moment that she had. And I think I gave her a nice moment for her to allow herself to love who she is, that she loves to work out. And she's going to now be like, I love working out on vacation, you know, and that's okay. And that's just a little example of what happens when you're allowed to, when you allow yourself and give yourself permission to be seen as who you truly are, you often are subconsciously not even realizing it, giving other people permission to do the same and making their whole day. I love that. And just the connection piece that's in there as well. And maybe we step over creativity because there is a whole piece to, um, to being creative, but you've mentioned connection a couple of times. So I'm going to just run with the natural flow of the conversation because there's a beautiful connection that you've created there for someone in their day as well. And in your book as well, it's also realizing, and this is going to be a bit of a, yeah, I guess we're just going to go straight into it. Some of your connections support you, but some of your connections don't. It's equally as important when I read your book and this was like this, well, moment in the book because I yeah I've had to lose friends along the way you know um to I don't want to say lose them to my passions but the way I often describe it actually is I lost them to positivity they had a different mindset to me and I had a different mindset and I was just like I'm like trying to be positive and then I was like no that's stupid (laughs) it's like well just this is me now and then like no that's stupid and I've ended up losing friends so you mentioned quite you spend quite some time distilling in the book that Connection is a big piece, which actually I thought was really interesting because being seen, even for me, it's the it's the part of the book that had the most growth available for me, even though connection is my number one value. People tune into the podcast regularly. Connection, contribution, celebration. That's Amrit, right? Yes. Those are my three values. I love but that. connection is my highest value. And I'm reading this book, this chapter on connection. I'm like, I never made a list of 20 people. And I never thought, <laughs> I never, why did I know? And so it's a really deep book, chapter, but I'm sort of digressing because there's so much passion I have for this chapter in the book. But yeah, shedding people like allowing friendships to sort of go and also building the right connections. Can you tell us a little bit about the equal importance of finding your tribe and also letting go of people that aren't in your tribe? Yeah. Uh, I I experienced the same thing as you. So I feel you, It, it often happens in life. And I think if you're listening to this and you are going through a similar situation where it's like you're holding on to friendships that you know, don't feel in aligned in alignment anymore, but maybe you're holding on to them because they've been your friends forever or they've been family friends forever, or you grew up with them, or you had these experiences with them, and you're like, it's like a, a, you feel like you owe it to life, to them, that you have to be friends with them. And, but it doesn't feel good when you hang out with them, and you feel like maybe they have a negative mindset or a scarcity mindset, and every time you hang out with them, you kind of feel like you want to take a shower, and you don't, and it doesn't help lift you up, and it just brings you down. But you stay, and you keep yourself in that environment, I want to just let you know, listener, if you're feeling that right now, you're completely and totally normal. But one of the top questions that I get, or whenever I do my lives on social, on social media or with our mastermind members, like, how do you navigate this when you have people in your life that are bringing you down and aren't positive in your life and you have to hang out with them? And I experienced this in the way of what I started to do was I did not 
just end these friendships. I, I didn't say to them, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. I, I think that knowing in your heart, if you know when a friendship is supposed to end, you understand that that person came into your life for a season and a reason and you needed to learn something from them in that moment. And it's okay. And you can give yourself permission to move through friendships. It's okay. Once you know that and you acknowledge that, I don't think that it's this huge dramatic moment where you're like, we're not friends anymore. What I did was I just went a different route where I started to build new friendships and take more of my time and my energy towards finding people that I was more in alignment with. And the more that I did that, the less time that I had for the people that weren't like so much on, on the same train as me. And so what naturally happened is they actually felt it too. And they stopped reaching out and there was just a slow like just separation. And then I spent more time and I was able to open more space for the, for people that did. And sometimes we go through seasons in our life. We have, I mean, think about it. Think about how many years we get to live an average of, you know, a hundred years in our life. So it's very rare to stay friends with the same people for your entire life. And I think that that's wonderful and magical if you can find that. But I, I truly believe that like people come in and out and it's a okay. You don't have to hold on to them if they're not providing, if, you, if you're both feeling that it's not a positive situation to be in, because that's only going to keep you stuck at that exact same level of growth. And so just it, what I like to do is I like to expand my network and expand and go into areas or places or environments where there's people that I know that I want to meet and start meeting new people that have a similar mindset to me. And then those other people, you know, like it will slowly, it will slowly move on. So it's connections, everything. And you know this, and it, with business, I, opportunities come from people. That's how it happens. So if you want to build a podcast or you want a successful YouTube channel, or you want to build a brand, or you want to build a business, I promise you that every opportunity that's ever come my way for my business and how I've been able to build my brand has always come from a human being, someone that I met because I put myself in a room or I said hi to someone, or I smiled at someone walking across the hallway. Hi. And that triggered a conversation that turned into a new best friend, or I DM'd someone or I got to an event and I sat next to someone and that turned into an opportunity. And you'll see in the book that there's all of these great strategic ways to network, even if you're an introvert, to be able to truly connect with people and create those relationships that create more opportunities. And not just an opportunistic relationship where it's like, what can I get from this person? But how can you both provide value to each other's lives so that it turns into opportunities for both parties and a true beautiful connection where you're both helping each other and then because you're helping each other, you're helping everybody else in your lives because you're just making your experience on this planet a better place to be in. I love that. And yeah, there's definitely a point there that I would just drop in for a sec around the book because every second chapter or pretty much every chapter has a actionable piece to take away and you've kept it concise and I can feel that there's an intention in there um, to keep it concise. And the exercises are so simple, yet so needle moving. If that's a word, needle moving. Yeah, yeah, powerful. yeah. I should call yeah. them powerful. No, it's great. <laughs> right? It moves the needle. And it's and I just every time I came across an exercise, I was like, ah. Oh. Like, and like I said in the connection one, it's like write a list of twenty people, and then you know tune into how close you are to them and how likely they are to support you on your mission, and you know just give that give that a score, and then you know if it's hi maybe reach out to them and say hey like do you reckon you'd be keen and willing and potentially some people are low on that list and that's totally fine and actually if they're on your list of people that inspire you why not do something for them like can you add value to them in some way and it's like actually that is super interesting because they're doing something that I would want to support in the world why don't I just it just it was such a simple exercise and I can't believe I've never thought of it, done it, but then I came across it. And I think the point I'm trying to make is that's just one exercise, but every chapter has this really concise, actionable piece of work that you can actually do um, in order to help you move the needle in being seen. And I, I really, just a moment to acknowledge you, Jen, I really dig it. I really dig it. Yeah. Thank you, friend. Thank you. I'm so glad. Thank you. Yeah, that top 20 list, it works 100% of the time if you use it, 100%. You got to do it though. A lot of people have a lot of fear around it because many people uh, have a fear of reaching out to people and asking for help, which is why there's an entire section called asking for help helps and how to be a master asker and, um, and really, and understanding and knowing when it is appropriate to ask for help. And it all surrounds, it's all around giving value. It's all around giving. It's never really about the ask. It's about, it's about giving so much that people are excited to help you too, because you've provided so much value to them. I love that. 
Jen, arguably the last chapter of the book like really shines because well, they're all really important and we spend a lot of time about getting out of our own way and being courageous to be seen and the connections and potentially, you know, people or environment unto themselves so we can get trapped in those connections when, you know, we're, we're consistently growing and allowing our truest self to emerge and potentially, you know, like you said, people serve us for a certain period of time and then, you know, we serve them for a certain period of time. But then, yeah, there's a natural evolution there. And if you're addicted to growth, it's likely that your connections will shift and change over time, touch wood. Um, but be visible. <laughs> Whoa. This chapter is like a masterclass on like, I don't even know where to begin with my questions, <laughs> to be honest. It's like, oh, yeah, she owns Super Connected Media. <laughs> it's like whoa you don't hold punches um yeah be visible like there's a whole thing in there maybe we should start with you know I guess even just high level like how important is branding because I was tuning into one of my favorite online creators at the moment is Alex Hormozy and he talks about like how just how much leverage there is in branding um can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on branding and yeah just how important you think it is brand is everything brand is everything Think about it, and I love the example of, like, Nike, okay? Why do I buy a Nike sneaker? Why do I go buy? No, I don't have to get on a sales call. I don't have to be convinced. I don't have to see a Facebook ad. Nobody has to convince me to buy a Nike shoe. I buy a Nike shoe because I'm obsessed with the brand. I buy an Apple computer because I, I connect with the brand, not because somebody called me or somebody closed me or they convinced me or it was about like a funnel that I was in and I just like followed along in the funnel and those are all great but brand conquers all because here's the thing like if you're searching for let's say and this is another great example of credibility of the credibility that brand gives you so and like building a brand online especially so let's say somebody is searching for a coach okay I know that you're a coach you're like a fabulous coach so somebody is searching for an amazing mindset coach to help them and they go to their connections, they go to their people and they say, okay, do you know any great mindset coaches? I'm really looking for one. And then they get referred to three different mindset coaches. You're one of them. All right. They go online and they search. That's the first thing they're going to do, right? They're going to go online and they're going to research. They're probably going to go to Instagram. That's, I've asked a lot of people a lot of questions today. Now this, this podcast is going to be evergreen. So maybe one day Instagram won't be the first place that they go. But right now, everybody that I ask says that they either go to Google or they go to Instagram. And usually when you go to Google, your Instagram will pop up right at the top. So they will go and they'll see what's this brand? How much credibility does this person have? It's all perspective with brand. Do I feel connected to this brand? Do I feel connected to this content? Is this somebody that I can relate to? Is this somebody that's got credibility? Have they been on big podcasts? Have they been on the, in the media? Have they produced um, really great content that I, I resonate with that got a lot of engagement? Seeing that other people are engaging and watching and paying attention also gives you more credibility and builds the brand. So the person's going to hire you. All three life coaches could have been phenomenal, all great, amazing, charge the same amount of money, all equally phenomenal, help you. The, they could all help you with what you need, you're going to pick the person that has the brand that you relate to the most, that has the best brand. And that goes back to, you want to be really strategic about your branding because your branding is subconsciously calling in your clients. It's calling you. So you want to make sure that your branding is aligned with your values. Otherwise, if it's not, because you heard my story, it wasn't for a long time. And I was calling all the wrong people in because I was putting all the inauthentic stuff out. So when you're building your brand, you want to make sure you are in alignment with who you are, your core values, and you're talking to your customer, your dream customer, and you're making content for them and you're building that brand so that when they go to decide who they're going to work with, who they're going to work with, which one of those three life coaches, they go on yours like, whoa, he has this podcast with all these episodes. He talked to this person and this person and this person. Whoa. And then they listen to your podcast and they're like, that's all brand. That's all brand. And then they're going to choose you over the other two because they connected with your brand. I love that. And you mentioned becoming a CIA agent. And I love the way you broke it down because for me, it's, again, you make it palatable, simple, easy to understand, which is, yeah. Let's start with credibility because credibility online, like it's, you know, it's this whole thing. And I totally understand that, you know, every episode I put out on the Inspired Evolution Touchwood adds to my credibility. And then it's like, okay, but my credibility, what really is that? And then as I started to read through your book and it's like, ah, oh, you just changed the word credibility for trustworthiness. <laughs> like yeah. they can just trust you. And I was like, oh, that's so much easier to understand because you think about 
credibility is about relationships and relationships are built on trust and communication. Touch wood, I'm leveraging communication with you here today and touch wood, hopefully we're both building trust with people that are tuning in. Um, hopefully, I don't know, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know, you're building trust with me. Whenever you share your truth and your vulnerability with somebody, you're, you're building trust. That's what connects us. So yeah, credibility is trust. That's what it is. And people want to know that when they hire someone, they can trust them. And often credibility and trust is built by borrowing other people's trust. So if they already trust someone, this is why media is so powerful. So people subconsciously trust, like you're in, you're in Australia, but in America, here they trust publications like Forbes or Inc. Or they trust the Today Show or Good Morning America, right? Some of the big talk shows that I'm sure in Australia you've got uh, ones that are different that I don't know about, but I should learn about. Um, but they trust those. So if you're on those shows or you're publicized in those publications, suddenly it's just a perspective shift. It, it's literally the way that people see you changes a little bit because you've got borrowed trust. You've got credibility because a trusted source puts you on their platform. And that just builds credibility over time. And people are like, okay, I'll listen to her. Oh, she was on, uh, she, she was on that podcast. I like that person. I'm gonna, I, I can trust her. Or, or even if you're building a podcast, I know a lot of your listeners are now starting their own. One of the ways that you can like get higher, better guests is by having better guests. I know it's a catch-22, but they need to go back and read the connection chapter in my book and how to build those relationships. But you know, for going on podcasts, like I'm looking at, who else have you had on your show? That builds your credibility, right? If you, you had Gabby Bernstein on your show, she wrote the foreword for my book. She's uh, a good friend. I was just on her show. She's, you know, you had Gabby. I was like, done. You had Gabby. Like, I didn't know who you are, but Gabby gave you that credibility in my mind, that trust. She did it, then okay, I can do it. And that's what you want to build for your brand. And you don't build credibility by sitting around and thinking about it or by putting out great content. Great content really, really, really helps because when somebody gets to your page, you want to be able to connect with them, but you build credibility by building relationships with credible platforms and credible people. And I talk about leveraging OPA in the book, other people's audiences, and really connecting with people and getting featured on their shows or their platforms in order to really reach your target audience that might not be able to reach you if you're just relying on the algorithm. Mm, I love that. And you've spoken, and I love Gabby. She's amazing. I like yeah. Yeah, and so much love for Gabby. Um, thank you. And yeah, so that's credibility and yeah, influence as well. Authority. Developing ourselves as a bit of an authority in a space. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear about your thoughts on why that's so important and how to do that without sort of being like, I'm an expert, listen to me, <laughs> you know, but just like authentically, just like, this is what I'm most passionate Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I find the most, yeah. the most authoritative figures, authoritative figures don't have to say, I'm an expert, look at me, because they just, they just walk their talk. You just show up. Um, but authority is really important. I believe that authority is built by flashing your, your badge, like your CIA badge. So the, the analogy that I like to use is if you're an undercover agent, right? Let's say you're talking to an undercover agent. You don't know that they are in the CIA or they're in the FBI and they have any credibility over you. They're just a regular person. And they say to you, sit down. You're going to say, who are you to tell me to sit down? You don't have to tell me. You don't have the authority over me. But then all of a sudden they flash their badge. Same person. Same thing they're asking, but now they've got an FBI badge or a CIA badge. They have credibility and authority, and they can tell you, sit down. And then you're going to be like, oh, well, okay, I'll sit down. So when I talk about being getting that credibility and that influence, you then are the person that people will go to, and they'll listen when you talk. And I don't mean like you're going to control people and tell people to do things, but they're going to listen to you. They're going to listen to you because you've created that credibility and you've created that trust and you have that influence. And the way that you can build authority over time is just showcasing your credibility and your influence. So getting really good at um, amplifying some of the cool stuff that you're doing and not being braggadocious about it, just sharing it because it's your responsibility to share it. Because the more that you get your stuff out there, the more people that you can help. And that, that's the whole thing about visibility is your responsibility. And I think when I think about it, thank you so much for sharing that because it leads into a point where I think authority, I think of this like it's it's got so much baggage around it that sort of doesn't necessarily, it feels archaic and it also feels like not like, I don't want to say not good because that's grammatically whatever, not good. Um, it's like authority figures. But actually like when I feel into the inspired evolution and what really, you know, I'm passionate that, you know, people advertise like Hungry Jacks and McDonald's on, on, on 
regular TV and they've got a point of authority through their programming. And it's actually like if I could promote like Taoist herbalist mushrooms and things that are actually wellness orientated for people, like there's an authority, like they, the channel gives Touchwood some has somewhat authority to be able to do that through or everything it's created. And I think there's a real opportunity for us to come into positivity with authority as well and realize that it's actually a positive thing. It doesn't have to be um, such a loaded thing. Um, yeah. Of Jen, course, that's how you're going to get your stuff into the world, you know, <laughs> like it's so important. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I am I'm conscious of how much time we have. Left. I know. I just last little question um, in this space for me is those people that are tuning in, just a call to action is all I'd love from you because you actually mentioned call to actions in the book as well. But someone's tuning in, they've heard all about like be seen, they're probably going to download the book. But just, yeah, just the warrior in your heart, championing people on to be seen. Any last words for the audience that are potentially still in their own way and are not, and well, are afraid of putting themselves out there? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm thinking about you, listener, and I'm tuning into you right now, and I feel you so much. And I want to just tell you that you are worthy. You are enough. And if you have a story of something that you do or a product that helps people, it is, your, it is your given gift inside of you. You need to make that visible to the people that, that can be helped by it. And if you don't, they're going to go buy from someone else or listen to someone else or follow someone else who doesn't care as much as you and isn't as good as you. If you keep it to yourself, also you're keeping those gifts inside. And you're always going to wonder what if. So what's the worst case scenario? You be seen and somebody out there on the internet judges you. I guarantee you that for one person that's judging you, there's a lot more out there that are going to be unbelievably grateful that they got the message that you had that day. And so I would just ask you to be seen, be seen for who you truly are and let that, let that real you shine. And I guarantee you that when you do, you're going to attract everything that you want because you attract what you are. Jen. Thank you so much for doing this here with us today. I could just thank you for today, but as we've tuned in, you've put a lot of work into getting out of your own way and allowing yourself to be seen and unseen and then re-seen in 2.0 ah. and real jazz. <laughs> just acknowledging you also for the lifetime worth of work that you've put into creating Gen 2.0 and really allowing your true self to come through and allowing her to be seen and sharing her with us fully here today. And also in your book, I will put a link to be seen um, in the show notes below for people to go check out. It is a really, it's an accessible read, actionable read. And just, a, yeah, I found it really like really profound, just the needle moving exercises that you've got in there. Like I'm a big fan. So thank you so much for doing this here with us today, Jim. Really appreciate this it. This was today. so special. This was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this at four in the morning, your time. Like I, I so appreciate you. And this has been a really highlight of my day. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.